Are you happy with your life's decisions? Some of them, perhaps, but what about all of them? What if, by changing your thought patterns, you could manifest a magical, mysterious, and inspired life? Welcome to Sacred Haven Living with host Carolyn McGee. Learn from amazing guests who have taken their lives to a whole new level, along with intuitive wisdom from your host. It's time to live the life you've always dreamed about. Now, here is Carolyn McGee. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sacred Haven Living. My name is Carolyn McGee. I am your intuition coach and Sacred Haven Living Guide. I am thrilled to be here with Dr. Stephen Farmer. He is a licensed psychotherapist, soul healer, and author of several best-selling books and oracle cards. And we are going to be talking about ancestral healing today. So, um, Stephen, welcome. Well, thank you, Carolyn. I appreciate you uh, inviting me to be on the show. You're welcome. This uh, ancestral healing and, of course, all the work you do with the animals are two of my favorite topics. So I'm sure that this is going to be an amazing conversation. Yes. So as um, normal for the start of the show, I invite you to imagine the path going into Sacred Haven. And if you've got worries in your to-do list, I invite you to just put that baggage along the side of the path. Let's go in and really be present for the time that we have together. Just leave whatever's bothering you. And if you want to on the way out, you can pick it back up again. And if not, then the world will just transmute it to loving light and you don't need to worry about it anymore. So let's walk into Sacred Haven and gather around this beautiful reflection pool. And I invite you because it's whether we're watching a replay, we're listening live, we are energy in motion. We are all connected. So put your hands out. Feel the energy of the person who's around you. Feel the energy of our circle start to build. And let's take in three deep breaths in through our nose. And two. And three. And look down into the water of the reflection pool and see if there's a question that's urgent for you to discover related to your family history, your family energy, your ancestors. Something that perhaps year over year, generation after generation, is causing pain and distress, maybe even drama. What would you like to work on, learn more about and release during our time together? Beautiful, just see that reflection, see that question and keep yourself open to finding the answer. So Stephen, I always ask my guests if they feel a certain direction they'd like to go in to to start looking for this portal, this magical healing part of Sacred Haven. Are you getting an intuitive pull in any particular direction? 
Well, I say yeah, I'm just enjoying being by the reflection pool right now. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. That's You're welcome. Very nice calming uh, uh, meditation. So is there a direction to go? Boy, there's a, probably a few different directions, Carolyn, with regard to when we talk about the ancestors and ancestors. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a little tricky as to where exactly to start. So I'll just uh, I'll say a few things about that, um, if that's okay. Um, yeah. Thing is, what I I, go ahead. I was just going to say what I'd like to do is just actually get into the portal first, if you don't mind holding on to that thought about sure. with your wisdom. So um, I am feeling a pull towards the south. Now, I do a lot of work with angels, and I always associate Archangel Michael with the South. So um, let's just walk down towards that direction a little bit and see what this warrior angel has to do with um, with healing. Um, so um, what I'm seeing as far as a sign is um, like a cross almost, except for it's an angle. Um, it, almost as if it's blocking our hearts from being fully open. And I'm kind of curious what's going to come out of ancestral healing in this heart block as we have our conversation. So let me just open up the portal and let's step in and have a conversation about healing. So back to you, Stephen, what were you going to open up with? Well, I, it's something you had mentioned in the, in the opening um, I, I do what I would call downloads um, mm. basically every morning. Usually it's, I keep it on a computer. I don't handwrite it. I do it on a computer because I'm very fast and I go into that altered state. But before I'll, I'll usually char- write a little bit uh, for the day, you know, what's going on, this, that. And then I go in and I ask either my ancestors or what yeah. sometimes are referred to, they refer to as the uh, ancestral council. Or I just teach her, which could be a, it's kind of a generic term for mm-hmm. whoever shows up. Uh, and Or the voice, sometimes I call it with a capital V. And one of the things I said today, you know, I was going my list, I make my list every day, you know, the <laughs> night before or the morning. This is yeah. what I got to do. And they, they sort of chided me a little bit. They said, by the way, keep compassion and love as your priority. Okay, because I'm prioritizing, you know, all the things. I thought, oh, yeah, yeah we got to keep that at the top of the list. <sighs> so as we moved into that portal, and you saw that the cross, um, what comes to mind about ancestors is the lack of attention to ancestors. I think that historically has been true, and I'm going to generalize and say to our Western civilization. In indigenous communities, of course, you know, the ancestors are a real presence in Mm -hmm. the daily lives of a lot of people in indigenous communities. And I can say with a great deal of of, uh, appreciation that uh, they've been knocking on the door for us to pay attention to them for some time. And I've been tagged, you know, I've been called to, to do some work and and uh, teach more about ancestors and ancestral connections and certainly for the topic of how do you work with ancestors to heal. So it's a fairly new um, idea, I guess you would say, or concept that is um, entering into the collective consciousness at this point, which is great. And more and more people are 
uh, Carolyn, are becoming interested in that, mm-hmm. you know, the subject of ancestral healing. Uh, I've got a book called Healing Ancestral Karma. Yeah. You know, and again, I was tagged to do that. I have a, a Oracle card deck that is coming out in January, which has is, been such an interesting project, Messages from the Ancestors. Now, you think about an Oracle card deck, you think, well, ancestors, grandma, grandpa, great. But how do you put that in a deck? And I'll say more about that later. Not the deck itself, but the, you know, the uh, process that went into it. So um, a friend of mine who's a very gifted psychic medium, Alistair Rand, she, we had a conversation about this actually about three years ago. I was working on the deck and then, and she said, yeah, and, um, ancestors, uh, when we do our healing, whatever the nature of that healing may be, yep. it goes forward, in other words, to our descendants yep. and backward to mm-hmm. our ancestors. What I've been uh, shown and told and elaborate, it's been elaborated on by the ancestors is that, first off, when we die, we're not done. Right. That's, a, that's like, oh, heck, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, you're, in a way you are, but another way you're not. So live with that paradox, I think, is important. Is Yeah, you're done physically. You're done with your body. You leave and go you know, into the afterlife, whatever version you have been taught. Um, but there is a progression, I would call it the soul's evolution in the afterlife. And it's, it's sort of like cleaning things up. So, and if you got like a lot of heavy karma, you probably got a little more to clean up, you know, in the afterlife. But basically there's work to be done. What, um, I've been shown is that uh, as a, an active agent in this physical realm, what I am able to do with the help of spirit guides, and specifically you mentioned Archangel Michael. Um, I don't work a lot with the Archangels, uh, but man, he's the dude. Yeah, he, <laughs> no, yes, he is. <laughs> he's the dude, I tell you. So he has been incorporated in a process that I, that I work with people on, either individually or collectively in a group, <clears throat> of being able to... Um, identify a condition, let's say, that that I would like healing for, physical, emotional, Mm -hmm. uh, mental, whatever, and be able to work with the ancestors to identify the one ancestor, particularly in the previous three generations, because that's that's quite a bit to work with right there, because you you can imagine you go back and back and back, and it's like... Right, it just keeps spreading out, yeah. Which I'll say more about later. But the uh, capacity with the assistance of spirit guides, including... um, Michael, uh, to send healing, uh, love, and light to that ancestor so they can continue on their evolution in the, in the spirit world or afterlife. Yeah. And then it can in turn return to you, that healed condition, across that same channel across time and space. And then you can then send it to your descendants, either known to you or otherwise. Oops, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> something with clank. Anyway, that's the gist of the ancestral healing. There's, mm-hmm. there's other things to it, too, but yeah. um, I can explain a little bit more. But um, we have to start, yeah, I'll stick with that. We have to start paying attention to the ancestors. Yeah, it's we do. Of- and I, I've noticed that I, as I've healed myself, I've experienced exactly what you talked about with you know, me shifting and then seeing my mother shift 
around the same energy. There's a lot of energy of depression and anxiety in my mother's line. And I've seen it in my mother. I saw it in my grandmother. I see it in my daughter. I've experienced it myself. And as I've done my work and the way I do it is similar to yours, but not exactly the same. I imagine the energy as a ball of light or energy and pass it back so that it's not being held on. And then I call in Archangel Michael to kind of clear it at the very end where where it originated. And I, as I work on these energies, I see the change in my mother who, who didn't, doesn't want to do the work. I mean, it's not her, it's not her path. I'm, I'm here to do it for the family. Mm -hmm. And I've seen the shift in my daughter and, you know, I've, my grandmother is in spirit, but I have gotten her thanks (laughs) for, for shifting things. And it's just so profound that something that seems simple can make such a big difference in everybody's lives. Oh, it's amazing. I I was also thinking as you're talking about how um, the ancestors come to us. Yeah. And especially we have perhaps more immediate um, baggage to clear with our parents, our mother and father, you know, because they're the most immediately connected to us. They carry the epigenetics or the the profiles that in turn were handed to us Mm -hmm. uh, in this synthesis, you know, of the masculine and feminine. And then, uh, what, again, though, whatever healing work we do will affect them. I got, uh, I'll keep this brief, but a short story on a visitation from my mother. Uh, and uh, the simplest way to say it is that my mother, God bless her and God rest her soul, uh, we've done a lot of healing work over the, the years, you know, both, uh, um, oh, I don't know, uh, counseling, uh, therapy, you know, clearing things up, you know, reading, all sorts, all those different mechanisms that we use or these tools that we use to clear that, uh, that legacy, you know, that, that remains with us, whatever it may be. And one of the things, I was a pretty weird kid, you know, and I think that there, my guess and my hunch is when I've asked this in a group, you know, a lot of people raise their hands. How many felt like they were shy or weird or different or whatever? And yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. Hands up. Yeah. Hands up. Yeah. That's right. And a few people that are listening and or watching this, you know, their hands go up. But uh, I, so um, like uh, most of us do is we instinctively adapt to the circumstances of our upbringing. We just do it. We don't have to think about it. We just do it. And that enters into uh, the nature of the family dynamics, it also enters in what's our soul's karma, you know, what are we here to do, you know, that we're formed, etc., etc. So there's more than one determinant or influence on that. But I, I must say my mother got, uh, and I say this with no energy on it at this point, because I've done so much work with it, is that she was, she was a little loopy. I inherited a good sense of humor, you know, from her. She did have that. And also, she was pretty self-centered, narcissistic, we would call it now. And I don't think, she just didn't know how to relate to me, you know, being the fourth of four children, and probably a little worn out, you know, after three. <laughs> sure. Three, <laughs> my father, I was the, you know, uh, they have different fathers and had different fathers. Anyway, one time I was with my uh, partner at the time, visiting her brother and sister-in-law up in Portland, and found out her, sis- her sister-in-law we'll call her Maria, also was a psychic medium, but she was kind of freaked out about using it because of her, her mm-hmm. mother and grandmother played with the dark forces. But I got a reading from her, and what she did is she was able to take me, called on my mother, and took me to the depths of 
the pain and anguish, you know, <sighs> and, uh, uh, of of not being seen. Yeah, my mother could never see. She wasn't capable of seeing who I was, you know. And my my adaptation was to withdraw, you know, and stay behind this shield of shyness and such, and served a purpose, you know, certainly sensitivity. But um, after the uh, reading, I was stunned. I was in shock. I was numb. You know, I couldn't even, I could hardly walk. And my partner, we were going to go camp outside Portland. So we went out, set up camp and everything. And I'm like, boo, (laughs) you know, blown away by what had just happened. So I do what I do, which is right. You know, I just wrote. And as then it loosened things up, the energy. And I still get a body rush, you know, when I remember this, Carolyn. Um, at some point during the writing, I'm, you know, and I'm already tearing up, my mother came to me. Oh. And she said as distinctly as if she was a foot or two away, Ah, now I see who you are. Oh, wow. Yeah, I get, you know, there's goosebumps. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and, it was, and then it was just like it unleashed, you know, the river started flooding. But that was a spontaneous, um, shall we say, unexpected, unplanned. I wasn't aiming for that. And sometimes when that sort of healing, that visitation, that forgiveness, without even using the word, comes through, that's the rush of forgiveness to to accepting this ancestor mother, you know, that she was literally not capable. Nothing derogatory about that. She was just not wired, you know, to see this weird kid you know the inside and it was an i gotta say it was one of the most if i had to choose like four or five of the most significant healing processes as you described your your situation Mm -hmm. with your mother that was it now more than just a a responsive uh kind of a healing or unexpected healing the the good news is is that we can be active in that healing process we can yes. be active in calling our grandfather or grandmother. We can be active in going into forgiveness, forgiving ourselves as well as forgiving that ancestor. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not just the words, like I just described this story. It's the experience where something moves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Forgiveness is such a huge thing. And you know, I found that the more I forgive, the more energy that I have. And you know, I had a, a similar experience to the one that you had with your mother with my father. It was a, a much shorter experience. My dad um, was gone a lot when I was growing up. And so I had abandonment stuff. And he also had mm-hmm. um, a head injury. So he, he had a hard time communicating. So you know, he, there was just challenge and, and, you know, teenage girl. So, you know, challenges with communication with my dad and that just kind of continued on over um, his lifetime. And once he passed, I um, would feel him randomly just touch my right arm, Mm -hmm. just kind of a gentle touch of I'm here for you now. If will you let me in? And I I had to do work on me to decide I was going to forgive enough to let him in. And, um, you know, once I was able to do that, just being able to be loved by my father 
in his in his current form shifted i could feel it shifting his soul's journey as well as mine and just opened up to possibilities for deeper relationships in general it's yeah. really amazing what we can do oh it's it's fascinating a uh, uh, little left brain stuff is the science of epigenetics that has uh, been showing up more and more you know people mm-hmm. are studying this what epigenetics epi means above you know, above the uh, the usual genetics. Our DNA, we can't change that. That's it, folks. You know, that's it. <laughs> However, you know, the DNA, uh, the genes that are uh, emanating from the DNA, the, the, the different genes can be turned on or off depending on, as Bruce Lipton, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton has said, depending on basically three things. Trauma, big mm-hmm. one these days, big one. Big one. Toxicities. You know, another big one. And third was belief systems. You know, what we carry around. Sometimes I call them our stories. You yeah. know, what, what we've come to believe about the world, self, others, and our, our parents and grandparents, etc., and our ancestors. I'm really, really glad to see so much information coming out about trauma and trauma healing because I think it explains so much. Back to epigenetics, uh, Rachel Yehuda, who um, is, I think it's, uh, she's working at the University of Sinai, and she's an expert on PTSD and caring. She uh, does some studies of, uh, of um, uh, mothers who were impacted by the 9-11 disaster that took place, that, that were pregnant, I should say, not mothers, but who were pregnant with babies, and discovered an inordinate amount of anxiety and depression in the babies that shouldn't have been there, you know, other than that was the traumatic impact to the pregnant mother in turn past that anxiety, not intentionally, of course, you know, that anxiety and depression around that uh, traumatic experience onto the babies just because of the fact that they were in her body. And when when they were birthed, she noticed, that, uh, not noticed, but studied this and found an inordinate amount. She also did work with an inordinate amount of uh, PTSD, basically. Yep. Same thing with uh, children and grandchildren of survivors of the Holocaust. Yes. Same thing in mm-hmm. unusual amounts. So what happens is the genes can either basically be turned on or off. And uh, in a situation where there's a traumatic impact like that, certain ones get turned off and they are carried on to the next generation and the next generation. Here's the good news is we can change that. You know, we can turn these back on by doing the work that we need to do both with ourselves, unrelated to ancestors, anything. We have uh, EMDR, we have tapping, we have somatic experiencing, you know, we have hypnosis, we have other family constellation systems, all that help heal that, that residue of right. PSD. And thank God this is showing up. There's some just wonderful people that are leading the way with this. Um, I don't need to mention, but there's quite a few uh, authorities in this that have studied extensively. So that now the next step is what we were talking about is being able to, like you described the process you did, is to send that healing energy to ancestors so that they can move along in their soul's evolution. And in turn, it affects us, 
you know, that we can, I don't know if there's such thing as a total cure. I'm not sure there's a cure for a human condition, but you know, our healing. And the basic purpose of the healing, Carolyn, as I'm sure you and the listeners and viewers can appreciate, is we're going to kind of, like my shyness, you know, is to get over my shyness. You know, and there have been series of steps along the way that have basically, um, I want to say, caused me because I've been called to do this work and be in the public eye. You know, I'm still this sweet, sensitive soul inside, you know, <laughs> but, although my wife might disagree sometimes. But, <laughs> but you know, that the cover was to keep withdrawing the adaptation. I think it's better to understand that as adaptations. So that, you, and you know, our parents, God bless them, you know, they're fallible human beings. Right. They came through a lot too themselves. So it's important to appreciate that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think one of my mantras is they're doing the best they can in that moment. And, you know, I, and I apply that to my parents and my ancestors. I apply it to me when I'm, you know, because I'm a parent now also. And, you know, and relationships with my children, you know, we're all dealing with life and learning and you know, doing the best we can, making decisions with the information that is available to us in each moment. And sometimes the decisions are great and sometimes they're an opportunity for growth. Yeah, you know, and uh, if um, the viewers and listeners want to try this, you know, there's a simple process they can do, which is call in the ancestors, you know, um, call in your guardian spirits, your helping spirits, you know, whatever non-visible form they take, the ordinarily non-visible form, have them be with you. And that's just to feel safe, you know, that's just to help you feel safe. And what you can do is then gather that energy. I like what you had said, you know, like that ball of uh, mm-hmm. love and light. And just in general, send this to the ancestors. Close your eyes, go into meditative state. Send this to the ancestors and your request of, let's say, Archangel Michael and any other spirit guides you call on is to help this ball of healing power of love and light to go to the ancestor or ancestors that most need it. It's very simple to do. I'm kind of rushing through the description, but it's not a rush process. You know, it takes maybe 10, 15 minutes to do so. And then watch what happens. That'll be powerful. And we are heading into a break here. We can talk more about ways to heal uh, yourself and your ancestors and your descendants. So my name is Carolyn McGee. I am your intuition coach and Sacred Haven Living Guide. I'm here chatting with Dr. Stephen Farmer, and we are talking about ancestral healing, and we will be back after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. 
follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas, and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you, too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Sacred Haven Living, Want to find out more about Carolyn McGee and our program? Visit carolynmcgee.com. That's C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-C-G-E-E.com. Now, back to Sacred Haven Living. Hello, everyone. My name is Carolyn McGee. I am your intuition coach and Sacred Haven Living Guide. I am here with Dr. Stephen Farmer, and we have been chatting about um, our ancestors and healing. And um, Stephen, you were starting to give a little bit of an overview when we went into the break of this you know, quick process people can do. And I know we don't have time to go through the process, but if you have anything more you want to add to help people get started, and I know you also said you've got this written up in your book, if you want to give people the title of your book, that would be great too. Sure. The book is, uh, and start there, Healing Ancestral Karma. And then uh, again, Oracle Cards coming out uh, next year or January, uh, messages from the ancestors, all helpful, you know, for mm-hmm. the topic of our conversation here. Um, the, I give credit to a man named David Furlong for this exercise and uh, appreciate that uh, in, I'm trying to remember his book right offhand and I don't, but you can look up David Furlong if you'd like. Also go to my website, it's dr, like drstephenfarmer.com and there's, there's available a recording of this exercise too, uh, as I recalled, so people can take that and, and listen to that if they wish. Essentially the, the exercise is this, you get yourself settled. Um, close your eyes, identify a condition you know, the, for which you seek healing. It could be physical, mental, emotional condition, or I don't know if there's such a thing as a spiritual condition, but we'll put we'll Oh, I think that. there is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Uh, there, that any of those four, but be as specific as you can. And then you set it up by going into a meditative state. And you call in uh, first your, your mother and father, two chairs in front of you. And then once uh, it's clear they're there, whether you see them, hear them, feel them, know they're there, they're, that they're there. And then the next row behind them is four chairs, obviously the grandparents. And then the third row, <clears throat> the great-grandparents. And I think Furlong was right about that. Let's, let's work with the previous three generations because it does get more diffuse you know, as we go back, you know, forming that V, uh, two, four, eight, sixteen, you know, et cetera. So um, then what you do uh, is call in Great Spirit, or you could call in Archangel Michael, Michael to stand behind you. 
in some way to ask Great Spirit or God, whichever word you prefer, the force, you know, source, etc. <laughs> Calling Great Spirit to identify that ancestor amongst these 14 people that most strongly carried that same condition. Now, there may be more than one ancestor, but we're looking for the one that's got the, you know, the biggest load um, uh, that they're carrying. And then you work with Archangel Michael, so he brings down this healing power, you know, this love and light, this healing power. And then you send it out to this ancestor across space and time, observe how it's, how it's uh, taken in. And then at some point, you uh, that ancestor then returns the healed now healed condition to you on that same channel of love and light. Mm-hmm. You receive it, take it in your soul, your physical body, etc. And then after um, a few moments or a few minutes, actually, then you send it along to your descendants. And those are whether you know they're known or not. <clears throat> and if no descendants. Uh, send it along to any siblings. If no siblings, let's not waste it. <laughs> let's send it to anybody who needs healing. Yeah, who needs it, yeah. Friends, family, just send it out to the world. And spirit knows where to direct that healing power. And one story that came out of that after the first workshop I did, uh, when we did this exercise, this woman wrote me, thank you for the healing process. Uh, I had a dream last night and I was walking through a forest and I noticed uh, ahead of me a fire and that looked like some men around the fire and I walked up <clears throat> closer and closer and I noticed the man whose back was towards me that was my grandfather that with whom we did the exercise and he turned around as I walked up to him and approached him and he turned around and he said thank you mm. I can now sit in circle oh that's so powerful yeah, Woo. yeah. So uh, ever since then, I went, this stuff works, you know, and I've heard other stories mm-hmm. too as well. So that's in a nutshell, and uh, you got to take your time with it. But in a nutshell, that's what you do. And you can certainly try that on your own. I just, my caution mainly would be take your time. Okay, there's no hurry. Call in your spirit guides. Work with Archangel Michael. It doesn't matter if you ordinarily work with him or not. You know, he's, he can be in uh, 20,000 different places at the same time. So <laughs> Absolutely. That's the magic and the, mystic, the, the mystical that uh, we work with in this realm. And it, yeah. it, or I call it the soul's reality, Carolyn. You know, it's just as real as this desk or this mm-hmm. um, computer or any of that. It's just a different reality. It's not scientific. It's a different kind of knowing. So think about it that way, too. And suspend any disbelief or belief. It's not about believing or not believing. It's fine to be skeptical, but be a scientist. Put those beliefs and disbeliefs aside. Yeah. Find out for yourself. You know, that's Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned that you do a lot of journaling and, you know, that's something that I like to do, too. And, you know, I'm trained in engineering management. I'm highly logical and analytical. So I like to, like, write down what I'm feeling or, um, you know, kind of what have I been experiencing and, um, you know, do that one scale of one to ten before and then after I do this work. And, And that's my proof. That's my validation of the process is that my energy has shifted. 
Sometimes my awareness has shifted and my ability to connect to my spirit guides has magnified because I'm more open. I've allowed this healing and this energetic shift. So for those skeptics that are in our audience, I invite you to do the same thing, you know, kind of rate whether it's a physical pain, what is the scale? If it's an emotional pain, how big is it? And then, you know, check in with your body afterwards because your body is a great barometer for energy. In fact, um, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, uh, we talked in the earlier segment a little bit. We touched on trauma and how oh yes, that's becoming more and more um, uh, our understanding of trauma and what's called post-PTSD, post-traumatic stress yes. disorder. And I go always put my banner up and say, it's not a disorder, you know. It's the way the organism manages the... Mm-hmm. Um, impact of the trauma, whether it's a single event or an ongoing series of events, which is often true in childhood. Uh, and when in childhood, we don't have the defenses, you know, we don't have the understanding, we don't have the way uh, we can manage the craziness of, let's say, in my family, the, an alcoholic family. Dad comes home drunk, mother screams and yells, and there's the fight, you know, that started. Woo, okay, let me go to my room, you know. And pull <laughs> yeah. It worked, you know, yeah. <laughs> I survived, you know, so you can congratulate those adaptations for survival. Um, but I, I maintain, <clears throat> excuse me, I maintain it's not a uh, PTSD, it's even, we'll use that term, you know, for sake of argument, post-traumatic stress response, Yeah, you know, is, is I think a better term of understanding. Second, it lives in the body. You meant that's what you said about body. Yeah, the body, you know, yeah. The more we can become attuned to the body, and sometimes, frankly, you're carrying some PTSD, that's a scary place to go sometimes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the more you can attune to the body and recognize uh, ways to, let's say, relax your stomach, you know, to be at peace, to find that place even momentarily, but to embody it. You know, the, the portal that took us to the... the um, um, I forget what you called it, but the water, I could see that. I closed my eyes in and I could see that. That was a wonderful, wonderful process. <clears throat> yeah. So the, the point being is the, the, the trauma and the residuals of the trauma live in the body. Uh, let's say you've had a traffic accident or something, you know, as an impact trauma, and you're talking to a therapist about it, and your hand goes up like this. Well, there's a clue right there. There's a physical memory of what that impact was like in the defensive posture to try to protect the organismic self. Ooh, that sounds weird. <laughs> but, you know, to protect you, you know. So right. what we want to do is we want to unfreeze that and, and, and do it gradually. That's an important key. Somatic experiencing was developed by a fellow named Peter Levine, and it, it, I did a three-year training in it after learning about EMDR and tapping and you know, more and more about trauma. And I was like astounded about how I came away from that going, absolutely makes so much sense. You know, you don't want to go into the trauma, the memory of the trauma, physically, mentally, and emotionally all at once. You know, it's too much. So you want to do it a little gradually, you know, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And that's, I think, the real key. It is. I always use the visual of an onion, right? You want to just peel off a layer at a time and open up and and allow the body to readjust. I think that's one of the biggest challenges that I had when I first started doing this work was 
I wanted it to be done. I wanted it to be over. I wanted to be healed. And I pushed. And my body kind of took me out of the, you know, out of play for a little while. I had some adrenal challenges that I had to go through because I needed to allow the energy in my physical body to catch up with the mental and the emotional and the spiritual changes that I was moving into. Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense that uh, it's also, I want to put a plug in for a creative expression. You know, uh, we have these tools like uh, emotional freedom technique or tapping, yeah. mm-hmm. VR, somatic experiencing. They're great tools. There's some wonderful programs that are coming out now of, um, I would call them master teachers, Bessel van der Kolk, uh, The Body Keeps a Score, great book. Yes, Peter, yes. Peter Levine, who I mentioned, Waking the Tiger, you know, very um, um, innovative approach, you know, uh, incorporating the body and the freezes that go on the body and how to unfreeze, etc. Gabor Mate, a wonderful series I'm, I'm watching, or I just watched, I should say, The Wisdom of Trauma. Uh, Stephen Porgay, P-O-R-G-E-S, about the polyvagal nerve, you know, the, mm-hmm. your names, I know, I, I hope you can write these down. And if you're interested in exploring, you know, Bessel van der Kolk, V-A-N-D-E-R-K-O-L-K, Body Keeps the Score, Peter Levine, Waking the Trauma, Gabor, G-A-B-O-R, Matei, um, and uh, Stephen Porget, I think is how you say his name, a French pronoun, P-O-R-G-E-S. Check these out, because I think they're, they're leaders right now in the field of trauma and trauma recovery. Not the only ones. You know, I'm not yeah. say they're it, but these are ones that have been a strong influence for me and in my understanding. And it is, it lives in the body. And again, I got to stress the good news, you know, as we can onion. And, yeah. <laughs> get away the layers, you know, one at a time if necessary. And we're not aiming for perfection. We're just aiming for better. You know, we want to get better. So, that we can be more fully present for what we're put here on this planet at this time to do. Yeah. It's not an ambition, is it? It's not an no. ambition. It's like no. God or spirit throws you into this and says, come here. Okay, you got a little more work to do, you know, but keep coming, keep coming. Keep, keep moving forward. Yeah, and it's you, it, it is, it's a calling, it's a mission. And, you know, it, my experience has been when I haven't been present and, you know, I've got that engineering background and then I'm highly intuitive. So I, I can spend a lot of time up in my head and not be in my body. And that was the biggest opportunity for growth for me was to integrate all of that beautiful spiritual and logical energy, that divine feminine, divine masculine energy, and pull it down into my body so yeah. I could step out into the world because yeah, I could get paralyzed by so much information and be afraid to take action. And you know that's one of the biggest challenges a lot of my clients have too, is that they're just they, they don't want to take that. They're afraid to take the action. They're afraid to bring their energy out into the world. So they just process it and sit with it. Yeah. And, th- and that's not living. <laughs> no, no. It's what are you going to do with that energy? There's a, a quote that I just love. Um, and I, the, the, the author escapes me. Just bear with me for a moment. But the quote itself is so powerful. And, um, ah, 
I say, I say this all the time and I'm forgetting I'm spacing on the guy's name, but anyway, <laughs> the quote is this, and that's the important part is the quote is this. I've never felt fully prepared for any important mission <laughs> to which I've been called. I've never felt fully prepared fully for any important mission to which I've been called. Tell your clients that. Yeah, that's powerful. It sparks something. It's like, yeah, it's not an ambition. It's not like I got to do it perfectly. You know, I just got to follow the clues. I got to follow the trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that next right step. It's just taking those baby steps and continuing to move forward and and being forgiving, like we were talking about earlier, forgiving of ourselves. If we don't do something in our minds right, it just means that we get to learn from it and keep moving forward and refine what we're doing and how we're bringing it out. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Sheldon Kopp, you know, the name. Ah, all right. Sheldon Kopp, <laughs> K-O-P-P. Yeah, you know, and again, the ancestors can help. That's another yes. angle. It's not just the healing of the ancestors, but the support of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been, um, one of my favorite uh, healing processes is uh, breathwork. And I know that's a name for a lot of different kinds of breathwork, but this, you could say, is conscious connected breathwork. Um, really started by uh, the rebirthing movement back in the late 60s. And then Stanislav Grof, who's an old line psychologist, developed, um, who did LSD therapy back in the early 60s before it was outlawed. But then he moved to doing what he called holotropic breathwork. And it's where you're breathing continuously, conscious, connected breath, mm-hmm. and allowing things to, to come up and be released um, it's, it's a powerful healing process. It's, it's known by other names as well. Uh, I do one, sometimes called it shamanic breathwork, because I'm a shamanic practitioner as well, uh, sometimes called integrative breathwork or somatic breathwork. But the idea there is to breathe through the processes to allow the emotions and also the spiritual insights. Uh, I, I got to tell you one piece about that related to the ancestors. I remember in a, a three-hour holotropic breathwork session where I was a participant, uh, I remember coming out of the out of state because it's an altered state of consciousness. I looked around the room, and there were like at least twenty, twenty-five or so ancestors, mm-hmm. all gathered around. I mean, in a circle, and I felt so cared for, <laughs> you know, yeah. by my ancestors. And one does not need to do shamanic breath work or holotropic breath work to do this. You can sense their presence. Yep. You may not see them, but you can sense their presence. You can uh, get messages from them. Like I mentioned, the downloads, you know, I get often it's the ancestors or ancestral council that will then relay a message. Um, You can know their presence. You just know they're with us. Mm -hmm. It's so critical right now to incorporate that kind of support and also to give to them, you know. I mean, our ancestry, think about our ancestry. If we go back, you know, hundreds of thousands, you know, millions of years, let's, let's stretch it way back. Hawaiian religion, the old Hawaiian religion believes that the, the, the um, oh, what's the name of the plant? The uh, taro plant is the original ancestor. Oh. How's that? Wow. Okay, guys, everybody who's listening, think about this. Where did we come from? 
Where did our self-reflective consciousness come from? Let's stretch it back to how did that little organism that came out of the ocean onto the land, once it was settled enough, evolve eventually over millions of years to the apes? And what happened when that ape, that one ape, we think chimpanzee, but one ape got up and walked on, all, on two feet instead of four? I mean, to me, it's just like, wow, that's mind-blowing. Yeah. So in the largest sense possible, you know, we're related to the original DNA beings that came to this planet from somewhere out in the reaches of Pleiades, you know, who knows? Anyway, that's a, that's a big stretch, I realize. But, yeah, we're related. <laughs> that's why, you know, we're, we're so related to the animals. Yes. So yes, closest, we are. That's the closest we can come to saying, oh, okay, it could be an ancestor a long time ago. That could have been, yeah, yeah, that dog. What's this dog? You know, there's a four-legged critter. But am I related? Is that really like a relative? And it's a soul connection too, right? You know, I've had, I have been blessed to have two animal soulmates and such wisdom, such powerful teachers for me um, in my life's journey. And I, they're still guiding me, <laughs> you know, in, from spirit. And it's um, the losses of those animals were just as deep as any human loss that I've had because of those the power and the connection and, um, and the love, the unconditional love. Yeah, that was demonstrated by my, I mentioned I have two dogs, <laughs> uh, seven-year-old and a year-and-a-half-year-old, and the, the uh, little puppy, still big puppy, I should say, <laughs> uh, just this morning, you know, uh, Jessica, my wife, was talking about something that was very emotional, you know, and she started tearing up. And Scout, his name is, uh, jumps up, and puts it, you know, lays his body across her and kind of looks up and starts licking her chin. And she, it was just like, oh, so touching, you know, to see yeah. giving love, mm-hmm. which they do so much, whether they, yeah. they're they in physical form or they've died and they keep, they keep coming back. <laughs> anyway, that's yeah. a, a stretch, but yeah, think about it, you know, everyone. Just think about it. That When you look at an animal, a domesticated or otherwise animal, um, there, think about them as animals. Just try it. You know, put your skepticism aside. Just try it out and kind of feel what that feels like. And I come to know that as like so true. But it also speaks to the fact of metakwiasin that we're related to everything. To everything, we really are all one. Yeah. Yeah. There are that's moments. There are moments when you just experience that. You know, it's a concept, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the singing I mentioned in the previous yeah. episode, listening to a singing somewhere, you know, a few blocks away. It was like there was no no thought, that place of no thought, just pure joy. Yeah, so you know, powerful. You know, and also how spirit, you know, another, we won't get into it, of course, but um, my pitch also is how animals come to us in an unusual way. And mm. That could be a whole other episode for you and I to talk about, Stephen. Well, let's do it. Yeah, I'm happy to do <laughs> All right. Yeah, we will definitely do that. So um, it is time for us to start our way back to our reflection pool so everybody can get the answers, hopefully, from the pool that they had put in there. But before we go, I just want to say a little bit more. Um, Dr. Stephen Farmer is a licensed psychotherapist, soul healer, and author of several best-selling books, including The Animal Spirit Guides, Earth Magic, Earth Magic Oracle Cards, 
children's spirit animal cards and healing ancestral karma. Um, as he mentioned, he um, does uh, individual work, relationship counseling in person and remote. And um, you can find him at drstephenfarmer.com. So thank you so much. What I'd like to do is just invite everybody to kind of shake off the energy from our conversation. And let's take a step outside of this ancestral healing portal. And I am going to allow it to close. Um, What I'm noticing is that after our conversation and, you know, talking about opening up and helping to heal both backwards in time and forwards in time, that that X that I saw in front of the heart for the portal, it's more translucent. It's more transparent. It's more approachable. So beautiful work here, everyone. And let's just start walking our way back towards the reflection pool. And I notice off to the side um, that there is the mama bear portal. The mama bear portal is what I call the battle goddess of compassion. She is the might for right goddess who is loving and powerful until you cross her or her children. So I have uh, Denise Simpson Jacqueline Kane and Kai Sun Rose here with me next week to dive more into that energy. So let's stand around in a circle again in the reflection pool. And I invite you to just either with your eyes open, look into the pool or with your eyes closed and see the answer to your question. What have you learned about your ancestors that perhaps gives you a little bit more compassion for them? Gives you a little bit more compassion for yourself. And that perhaps even gives you a little bit more compassion for your children or your grandchildren if you have them. And remember, you're in the middle of that all. You are the one who's here on earth to make a difference and to provide healing back in time and forwards in time. And it's a choice that you can make in each moment to open your heart up to that experience and to those possibilities. So let's close our circle with some breathing. I love breathing work too, Stephen. So let's breathe in for one. And two. And three. And as I mentioned earlier, um, I am a coach. I work uh, teaching intuition and also utilizing my intuition to help people heal in all different ways so that you can step into a more powerful, abundant, and joyful life. So if that feels good to you, please reach out to me. I am at carolyn at carolynmcgee.com or my website is carolynmcgee.com. So Stephen, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, The time went by so fast. Um, Again, people can find you at drstephenfarmer.com. So let's start walking our way out of um, Sacred Haven, seeing the energy start to slow down. And along the way, there are those bags that you left. So if, uh, if you've decided that you want to release them, just leave them there. 
Archangel Michael will come along and convert all of those cares and worries um, into the beautiful golden liquid light of love. Um, If you decide you want to take some of it back with you, take it along and then decide to do your own healing when the time is right for you. So thank you, uh, Stephen, for joining me at Sacred Haven Living. Well, you're very welcome. And thank you, Carolyn, for the work that you're doing, the service that you provide to so many. Thank you. You are welcome. It's my pleasure. And my mission, right? (laughs) Yes. And my mission. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for tuning in this week to Sacred Haven Living. Please join Carolyn McGee again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Next week, more on creating your better life.